are back here today, today with the Home Field Advantage podcast. This is Big Mo on the line with uh, Action Jackson once again with us, uh, and uh, it's a it's a gloomy Wednesday action as it has been for for many weeks of the season, but this one's particularly gloomy because uh, we lost we lost the boot, my friend, and. Uh, and uh, I'm I'm not I'm not okay with it. I'm not okay with it. So uh, could could you explain to me how that piece of hardware uh, left the state of Arkansas this weekend? Well, uh, it, it's it's it definitely a, a gloomy gloomy Wednesday uh, when we when we don't have the boot on the hill uh, in in a game where. I, I, I'm just of the feeling if, if, if KJ Jefferson plays in that game that, that, that we win, uh, and, and probably convincingly. Uh, and I know you've already mentioned to me you have a different take, but I was uh, – I just want to say I was super proud of the defense and the effort that they put forward. Uh, they were putting some really bad spots and and, uh, and and kept LSU out of the end zone for, for you know, most of that game. And – uh, it's just it, it's it's tough to lose like that. Uh, where you know I I thought that we were just right on the brink. Uh, you know we we score a touchdown in the red zone, the goal line. Uh, we win. Uh, we kick a field goal right there. Uh, probably an overtime game. Just just a lot of a uh, lot of, of very tough emotions on this uh, on this Wednesday, Big Mo. Yeah. Uh, now I have to agree with a lot of that. You said I had a different take. Um, I, I, I'm disappointed in the outcome. I, I do agree. If KJ would have played, we most likely would have won that game. I, I do agree with that. Um, I think we still should have won that game, even though the, even though he didn't play. Yes. And um, I, you know, I, I'm not sure where to point the finger on offense. Obviously, you, you know. No doubt about it. The defense did play well, uh, and there's a lot of credit. You got to give a lot of credit to the defense. It was one of the most dominant performances for a defensive line that I've. I mean, I, I, I almost say I, that I've ever seen from the Razorbacks. How, how many? I mean, you would have to go way back. Uh, I would say. How how many sacks do you have offhand? How many sacks we had? I mean, well, I, I don't know the final total, uh, but I do know that I'm, I'm uh, looking that up at right one here. time we we got the ninth sack of the game, and uh, yeah, so I'm not sure how many we finished with. But uh, this is one game this year we cannot blame the defense. As a matter of fact, I don't even have a defensive player of the game. I'm just going to give it to the scheme of of defensive coordinator Barry Odom because he. He had that game scheme so well. Uh, I think uh, Daniels had like 20, 21 carries for eleven yards. Or I mean, it was it was ridiculous uh, the, the way they shut him down on the ground. I mean, I know the weather played a factor, but yeah. the defensive scheme was. Uh, I mean, uh, aside from the touchdown drive, was really really flawless. Uh, I, I can't I can't fault the defense, and I'm sure there's plenty of finger point going on on the offense. Uh, uh, you just you got to find a way to win that. Uh, I thought Cade played well at quarterback. I'm sure you you have a, a, an opinion about that too. Uh, but when you you know when you want your third string quarterback <laughs> out there, uh, 
well do we actually expect him to play? I mean, he is a third string quarterback. Well, I mean, we started with our second string quarterback, uh, Hornsby. That's who we started with. And, uh, I mean, like you said, Fortin, yeah, he is the third string quarterback. I thought Fortin by far outplayed Hornsby, though. Okay. And I don't want to be, you know, real too hard on Hornsby, except for the fact that, um, you know, I know he is, uh, you know, very young guy. I think he's a his sophomore here and, you know, not not much uh, experience at quarterback, but if you're any team in the SEC, and and by the way, before I move on, we we there were seven sacks. They gave us seven sacks, eight tackles for loss, and so some of those were probably debatable where the quarterback was running, you know. But so 15, 15 tackles for loss out of seventy three plays that they ran on offense. That's incredible. That's incredible. Like I haven't. I haven't. You, you don't see that against no matter how. And you, you don't see that in a Georgia Vanderbilt game. You know, I mean, much less Arkansas LSU. So the defense was outstanding. But moving on to the quarterback uh, Hornsby, as an SEC team, you've got to have more depth than that. SEC is, is too physical of a league for a, you to expect a quarterback to be healthy all year. It's just not going to happen. I mean, if it does happen, that's that's luck, but you can't expect yeah. it to happen. Especially and a dual threat quarterback. Yeah, and and the, that's, the, that's the thing, Arkansas. We've got to have a second guy who could be starting for, say, you know, half the teams in the Big Twelve could be starting for the Kansases and the, um, you know, Nebraskas of the world. Like, uh, we should have that caliber player as our backup in the SEC. And I'm here to tell you, Hornsby, you know, he, he, it's obvious that his, this, his main talent is his speed. And to truth be told, had we been playing any other team, but LSU, he probably would have been spectacular. And we'd be sitting here saying how great Hornsby is because he would, he ran all over. LSU yep. happened to have one guy, and that was uh, that was Perkins. Can't oh, remember his, his first name offhand, but that one guy single-handedly shut down his speed. If it wasn't for yeah, Perkins, yeah. wouldn't have been on the field, and LSU wasn't game planning for Hornsby, then we he, he would have run all over anyone else. But against in the SEC against a team like LSU or a team like Georgia, Alabama, you can pick most of the league, the Hornsby type player is not going to cut it. You've got to be able to throw the football. In the first half, we had two passes, two, I'm sorry, two completions for 15 yards. Not acceptable. That's not going to cut it. No. That's not, we didn't give ourselves a chance. We didn't give ourselves a chance. And then in the second half, when we put in Fortin, Fortin's obviously the, the throwing quarterback between the two of them. We, we, we went to Fortin. We decided to throw the ball. We, we threw that touchdown to, touchdown to Matt Landers, and then it's like we forgot about Matt Landers. Matt Landers had two incredible catches uh, to, to bring us back into the football game, and then we forgot about it. Wow. And so that's, that's what – 
I don't get is, um, you know, it, it, it was, it, we have to have a commitment. These guys have to, when they're in practice, they have to be practicing like they're playing in the game. You know, and I didn't see that from Hornsby. I, I really didn't see someone who was ready to play the quarterback position. Now, it's more like a, a tailback back there catching the snap from him. Was was he? He was not, almost ninety percent of the plays. He didn't seem like he had even the intention of throwing the ball. And the LSU knew that they didn't have to cover any receivers. They just had to prevent Hornsby from scrambling. They figured. I mean, he had. He threw nine passes to 18 runs. The, those stats say it all. Mm. And that's a quarterback. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't have the targets for Matt Landers, but Matt Landers had two catches all game. Mm-hmm. Those two catches were both two of the biggest catches. I mean, the two biggest catches, hands down, of the game. He had two catches for 69 yards and a touchdown. How can we not get Matt Landers the ball when it's clear he makes that, that huge play on the sidelines where he, he tiptoes past and makes a big catch, tiptoes past the defender, goes into the end zone? How are you not trying to get that guy the ball? And, I don't, again, I don't have the targets on here. I don't recall him being targeted a single time after scoring that touchdown. That, to me, is absolutely inexcusable. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. I would have, I mean, in, in a game where literally if we scored 14 points, Big Mo, we win that game. If we score two touchdowns, yes. we win it. And yes. so to me, it, it falls on it falls on Kendall Browse. And I, oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know who else to point the finger at. If yeah. we're going to be the finger pointers. Uh, and and I, I think that, and, and I'm hoping that, oh, uh, I'm hoping that this isn't a sign of things to come, but uh, not long before the podcast, I find out the news that Warren Thompson left the team. Yes, that's, yeah, that is correct. And, that is correct. and so, we well, and you can't blame him, can you? I mean, in the past no, no, two of the past three games, he didn't get he didn't get a reception. And I think I think that I think the coaches need to keep they need to keep the ship afloat. And not let this be a snowball effect where they're like, well, Warren left, let me go find somewhere else to play. And and that and that could happen. And and I, I just I thank our lucky stars that we have a coach like Sam Pittman that I believe knows how to keep things together. Uh, because I mean I heard a stat today that we were one of only eight teams that brought back our offense and defensive quarter coordinators from last year. Uh, I, that's a really big deal to keep your coaching continuity together for your team. But now there's rumors about Kendall leaving, and there's rumors about uh, uh, Loggins coming in to, to be the OC next year. And we don't even need to be talking about a next year right now. We still have two games to play. And and that was just alarming to me to hear that on the radio, that, that they're talking about next year's offensive coordinator and what the team could look like next year on the roster. Let's not forget, folks. We got to play Ole Miss this weekend, and an, an Ole Miss team that's beatable—they're—they're they're horrendous against the run. And I don't want to jump too far ahead, but they're horrendous against what we do best. 
So we need to somehow get back and, and, and have a KJ out there we've already discussed is, is, is probably worth a win to us, especially the way the defense played. I think KJ was a good 17 points to us, if not more. I mean, that could be a game that really got out of hand for LSU, in, in my opinion, if KJ's on the field. Yeah. I mean, again, KJ would have made the difference, but – on a big picture, KJ is not really the solution to the problem, I feel like. The problem is just, uh, I mean, a, a lot of lack of, I don't want to say heart, but just a lack of execution. Yep. A lack of execution on the part of both the coaches and the players, really. I agree. Um, I, I do think the heart is generally there, but but you need a little more of that. You know, there's a lot. Almost everyone who plays, uh, you know, college athletics has some heart, but you've got to be able to rise to the occasion. And um, I didn't see that from the offense. I did. I did not see that type of warrior mentality of you know going out and basically executing plays in a, in a very methodical way. I, I saw a lot of, you know, running plays and hoping that they worked. You yeah, know? This is, this is a crazy thing to say, Big Mo, this late in the season, but we have yet to play a complete game. I mean, one game the offense shows up and the defense doesn't. One game the defense shows up and the offense doesn't. One day we show up, we have three turnovers, we get beat by Liberty. You know, we're we're and, and the Liberty well the Liberty way. game's a perfect example. That's a perfect yeah. example. Is that after that Liberty game, you basically did out, did went out against LSU and you did the same thing that happened in Liberty, which was that you had the game right there the whole time. But you yeah. never took control. You've got to have those few extra plays where you take where you seize the moment and we never seized that moment the moment was there it was there all game it was hanging there we, we just needed we didn't even need uh, really um necessarily just a touchdown or uh, a huge play we just needed a first down sometimes you know yeah. and our defense yeah. just kept giving us chance after chance after chance and we could just never get that what, that first down, that second first down, get anything moving to where we could even get down within field goal range or at least control the clock. And and we just constantly let them hang around, even though our defense was smothering them. I, honestly, our offense in this game was a bigger hindrance. Uh, it, we, uh, our, our offense basically hurt our defense more than their offense hurt our defense. I feel like right. And, and you know? there's there's one scenario that I want to go back to in the game because when LSU scores their touchdown, you can correct me if I'm wrong, LSU scored their touchdown because we went for it on fourth down on their 48-yard line. Big Mo, my question is, what's wrong with punting right there the way our defense was playing? I mean, I know the coaches have analytics and, and you know, they like their chances or whatever, but our defense was playing so well. <laughs> Well, I think I have to think that the, the logic there, and I, I can't say I, I, 
Uh, I can't say I disagree Hopefully with it. Five, five, six plays later, they're in the end zone, and you know it was just it was it was heartbreaking because I'm thinking, you know, what what if Bauer pins them at the one yard line, or on a cold day, what if you have a muff punt right there and you get the ball inside the ten? You know, there's a lot of scenarios, and I, yeah. I, I just if it works, the coach is a hero, but the fourth down play was horrible. It was horribly executed. It was horribly called. And then LSU, however many plays later, is, is scoring a touchdown that ends up being a game-winning score. And uh, just it, it, it was tough. And, and I, I don't want to dwell there too long, but it just I, I, I question play calling at, at, that, at that juncture, the way the defense was playing. The defense played a complete game. And just give them another chance there, Coach. Punt, punt the ball, play defense. If they go 80, they go 80. But but don't spot them. Don't spot them 32 yards. That's that's my thing. Don't, don't spot them anything. Yeah. So uh, at the end of the game here, I'm trying to see here. So you're talking about in, in the third quarter where we went for it. It's like fourth and two, or yeah. maybe fourth and three, and, and it's like LSU's forty-eight yard line. LSU's forty-eight. I, I just, this this was in the third quarter. We we were I, I just, well. I think here's the thought process at that time. At the time we went for it, uh, we were down six to three, so we were behind. It wasn't like we were trying to protect the lead. And I think the thought process there was we finally got the ball to midfield. If we don't. If we don't get something going here, we might we not might not get back to midfield, you know. I, I I can't say I agree with the play call there either, but at the same time, uh, I think that might be better than um, basically just giving them the ball and, and giving up on that possession when, uh, you know. I mean that that to me is a, a pretty close call, being that we're down. Now, had we done that when we're ahead, that would have been different. But we didn't do that when we were ahead. Because of our last one, two, three, four, uh, of our last four possessions, we it was a fumble, a punt, a punt, a touchdown, and a punt. Those are our last five possessions. So four of our last five possessions, we either punted or fumbled. You can't do that in that type of game. But here's the thing. Of, our, of those five possessions, three of them were three and out punts. Three and out punts, right? And 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 that's what that's what killed us. And then of course that fumble to, to end the game. But um, we had that touchdown to Landers, and we we don't go back to him, you know? Yeah, that's that's definitely poor coaching. Uh, you know, uh, which is execution. I mean, if you know, you got you got to feed, you got to feed the got to feed the hog right there, you know, and he's, yeah. he's obviously hot. Uh, I mean, really a, a good stat of a game, you know. Uh, you go back to him, who knows, he busts one and, and, and scores another touchdown. So, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's just a, I mean, to, to summarize it, Big Mo, it's just a, a frustrating way to lose to a team uh, that we, we really outplayed. Especially on defense, I, I thought we outplayed them, and 
just just not enough offense, and it, it's it's just. Uh, I mean, we absolutely outplayed them. There's no way LSU, the way they played, given up 15 t- uh, tackles for loss, should have come out of Arkansas with a win. The the truth is though, just about any team in the country, I feel like, could have beat us with Malik Hornsby at quarterback. Yeah. I, I, well, let me. Let me rephrase that. Any team in the country with uh, Harold Perkins at linebacker could have beat us. <laughs> could have beat us. I, I, I agree with that. And, you know? and the thing is, you know, and I, you know, it's hard for us to look ahead at, at all because, you know, us being two of the most diehard Hog fans that are out there, it's 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 hard for us to, in a week to sleep off the hangover of a loss. But the, all the rumors are that KJ's playing this weekend. Against Ole Miss. Oh yeah, yeah, I believe so that, he will. That to me, and if you think about the way that I, I want to give kudos to the defense because going back to the third quarter against Liberty on, we've given up 13 points in six quarters, 74 yards in the second half to Liberty, and we held an LSU team that just scored 32 points on Alabama to 13. I mean, so I, I believe the defense and. and and this is a question for the football mind that you are. And I'm not going to say it's one player, but since they started, since they put Quincy McAdoo in that secondary, the second half of the Liberty game, the defense is giving up 13 points. I'm not saying one player has done that, but he's a good one. And he's not giving up a big play. Does, does, can one player make that much of a difference on a struggling defense? Well, I, well, I think, I, it, I think wasn't it wasn't just McAdoo or one player. I think it was a team effort. I mean, and yet, obviously, there was a there was a big gap in performance. But I think the reason the Hog defense played so well was many factors. Number one is the LSU game. Number two, LSU had a huge hangover, just like we expected. And uh, obviously, Arkansas, you know, was was upset with what happened with Liberty. And number three, the, the fans and the weather. So we played great on defense, but I, I would not by any means start heralding our defense as something great or something, uh, you know, really to be touted. Our defense has slumped in many games this year. They're an up-and-down unit. And, yeah, th- th- that's kind of what up- upsets me about the result is our defense finally gave us a complete game. A just absolute dominant masterpiece, and we squandered it. We squandered it in the biggest. Let's be honest. This was the biggest game of the year. This is for the boot. If if you yeah. you know we want to be A and M, we want to be Missouri, we want to obviously be LSU, we want to be Ole Miss. But if you had to pick one of those four, I'm picking LSU every time. Every time. No no question. And we had them. With so many years, LSU. Again, we're talking about the numbers. They, they came into that game ranked number seven in the country. When you have a team like that on the ropes where you're ahead in the fourth quarter of the game, uh, you, you got, at home, you've got to finish them off. Right. You have to finish them off. And um, I, I'm sorry, we, we, weren't, we weren't ahead, but we, were, we had them within three points. And, you know... But again, LSU scored 13 points. It's like you said uh, earlier. 
if you if you can get a, a, the number seven team in the country and all you have to do is win the game is to score 14 points, you need to do that. Yeah. And um, that that's kind of what burns me up. Um, I also have to mention that uh, two two gripes. I got I got two gripes. One of them is the ticket prices. Okay. We, we did not put anything close. The, the cheapest ticket for the LSU game that was available uh, on StubHub, you know, uh, uh, whatever, uh, Seat Geeks, wherever you want to look at it out there, was $135, not including tax. That not including your wow. taxes and fees, which would probably put you at about 160 But you're going to pay $160 for the cheapest nosebleed ticket in the house. Most people who attended that game, unless they got tickets, you know, student tickets or something like that, they actually paid for it through a third-party uh, acquisition. They paid at least $200, probably 250 a ticket, even if they were in the upper deck. If you're in the lower deck, you might pay more than that. That is outrageous for the type of product that Arkansas put on the field. That's NFL money for an offense that was literally unwatchable in the first half. It was it was painful to watch them try to just get yard after yard futilely. And I know KJ wasn't playing in the game, but you you still have to have a plan that has a chance of working, you know? I mean, you got to have you can't be a one one player team. So I, I have a gripe about the you know the ticket prices. To me, that's that's, and I think that does affect. Again, I don't think I'm not putting this loss on the fans by any means, but that to me does affect the quality of the fans. There's a lot of fans out there who who will show up in, in you know, 35, 40 degree weather, and they're going to cheer hard. Uh, but some of those fans don't have 160 dollars to pay to sit in the nosebleed stands and do that. You know. Right. Uh, or two hundred some dollars to to watch a, a game in which you're most likely going to get beaten, but you want to come out and support your team anyway. So I, I do think that that affects the quality of the fans sometimes too, and you don't get. Um, I mean, I heard some boos out there at times, which you know may or may not be deserved. At, you know, at certain points, but uh, also heard a lot of you know uh, there was there was a lot of standing around and. And just kind of quietness, you know, while uh, LSU had the ball or different calls were being made. It, it wasn't the type of um, atmosphere I think it could have been, you know. I'm not right. saying that the fans were in any, you know, shape or form responsible for the way our offense played. And our defense was outstanding. So the result was good. Um, but, you know... Right. It, it, it was. It was. It definitely was not the the type of environment that we had when we were talking about the, the miracle twenty years ago. Right. And my other my other gripe is uh, Jackson. Tell me this: Have we entered a new era? Because I, I I just get this feeling sometimes that there are players on Arkansas and and frankly every other team in the country who's struggling like Arkansas, who are kind of got in their back of their mind hey, I just need to play out this year, and then I can go transfer wherever I want. Basically, I'm just out there playing to make myself look good so I can have some film and 
and I can go, you know, next door to Ole Miss or Mississippi State next year and play for them because they've got, you know, a better offensive scheme or whatever. Right. Is, am, I, am I crazy to think that? No, I mean, I, I think uh, I think you hit the nail on the head because, I mean, we – we we witnessed that we witnessed that Saturday. Uh, there's you know two two former Razorbacks in LSU secondary, and uh, you know yeah. two of our main defensive uh, contributors. You know uh, Landon Jackson and Dwight uh, McLaughlin came from from LSU. So uh, yeah, I mean yeah. I think it's they switched jerseys. They they were playing on the other team last year. Am I right? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, they they were playing for LSU, and then you know Greg Brooks and and Fouché were were playing for Arkansas, and and now the well uh, the boots on the other foot, so to speak. And I, mean, I mean, I have to shake my head at, at just the so I'm, I'm, you know. It, it, I guess it's become you know the norm, and but I think it it also points the finger at you know what what society has yeah. become. You know, if you don't like what you're doing, you just go find something else. You just kick that to the curb and go find something else. And and I think that we've somehow instilled that yeah. into a generation that says, well, I'm not playing here, so I'm just going to go somewhere else. I'm not happy. Yeah. Uh, too far away from home, whatever the case may be. Now, I'll discuss on the podcast last week, Arkansas benefited from some of that. Uh with the Jaden Hazelwoods and the, you know, the ones that you know Coach Muss has picked up on the basketball team, but I just think that I agree with a comment that uh, that an Arkansas uh, uh, sports guy uh, in, in, in Trey Biddy made when you start something you finish it. If you want to leave after the year's over, that's fine, but you don't leave during the year. You don't quit on your team, and you know Greg Brooks last year didn't finish the season at Arkansas. You have one this year in Warren Thompson that did not finish the season at Arkansas. He's already decided to leave. So, mm-hmm. you know, if it's part of the game, that that's fine. That's understandable. You know, we can reap the benefits, but we're also going to lose too. And uh, it, it's just it's a sad part of, of the reality that is college football now. Well, it is sad, and 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 I can tell you, as our generation, when we grew up, you know. Back in the era of the um, of the miracle, miracle on Markham, if you were a Razorback fan, uh, the only way you're going to end up playing for a team like LSU or Alabama is if Arkansas didn't want you or you didn't have they didn't have space for you. Yeah. I mean, or Arkansas ceased to exist as a program. Okay. Yeah, ceased, and probably and, and, and even then, you know. We we would not lose good players to to those programs because of um, you know and and the, th- the thing is it, it it affects it it's deeper and again it goes to, I think the word for it is heart or loyalty I mean playing for that program when you're in a situation where you feel like you've transferred or could transfer or you're not really just tied down to uh, the Razorback program or, you know, it's just, just the team you play for right now, you don't understand what that game means to people. You know, you don't understand what that game means to the fan base and has meant for many, many years. 
and um, it it, it, I, it showed up on the field. It, it really showed up on the field. I believe probably in a world in which there is no transferring and, and basically take it back a couple years ago to where transferring wasn't allowed, um, I think that game gets played differently. I really do because you have to understand if it's, 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 it's about bragging rights too, you know? You lose to LSU, you got to hear about it until the next year, you know? And um, and these guys who are thinking that, you know, they can they can transfer to somewhere else or whatever, they don't have to hear about it. And they, they may be talented, but I tell you, I, I will take heart over talent on a lot of days, you know? I really will. Big Mo, I would rather have a, a, an 85-man roster of all players that want to be Razorbacks yeah. than have one on that roster that wants to be about itself. Yeah. And obviously, you know, you, you're, you're going to have your accolades. You're going to get drafted by yourself and, and, and whatever comes for the superstars. But newsflash, not everybody gets drafted. So what about the team? You know, when when we were playing ball, it was about the team. There wasn't no there wasn't no eyes. There wasn't no me. If, if you went out there with that mentality, guess where your butt yeah. was? Your butt was on yeah. the bench. That's right. You That's right. And, and now, yeah, you might not yeah. have been on the team. You might not That's have been right. on the team. You might have been That's right. watching with your with your girlfriend or or in the band or or, or somewhere else because. Probably weren't going to ever see the field if that was your mentality. That's right. You know, and and, and I think that's one thing that, that somewhere somehow has been lost, and, and not even yes. not even just in college. In, in the NFL, there, there's no team anymore. No, there's no team sport. No. In, in when it comes to football, because well, that to me is what sets sets college apart. What sets college apart is it's deeper than just the game. In the NFL, it's more of a transactional thing, and you know, people, the uh, players are from all over. But in college, it, it's got to be more playing for your brother, you know, and play, playing for your your fans, your your state, your community, the shirt the shirt you're wearing, the flag that flies over you, you know. Um, you're playing for so much more than just a game. You're playing to represent where you're from right. and um that's what 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 i, I felt was i feel is is increasingly missing right like you I said agree. it's and, and on and on the subject big mo as an arkansas fan do you think there's enough heart on the team right now to make a bowl game i, I really I, I mean i think there's enough talent which is why i think we will but um, there enough heart though. I, I don't know if we need no heart world. to make a bowl game. We're, I think we needed heart, heart to beat LSU. We we needed heart to beat Liberty, and we needed heart to beat LSU. And yeah. uh, we we didn't we didn't have. I mean, we we had. Uh, you know, again, uh, there was the defense tried hard. There's a lot of guys on there who did try hard. Um, does, does KJ Jefferson make that much of a difference? That man, KJ's not in the huddle. Oh, oh, so whatever will we do? Does, does he does he make that big impact? He does. He, he apparently he apparently does. And, and well, that, that, but here's what here's what bothers me. 
is you saw what happened when Alabama went to Arkansas. They lost their quarterback early in the game against us. Their first-string quarterback. But they didn't put somebody in the game. I mean, frankly, they did put somebody in the game who was not nearly as good as, as Bryce Young. He wasn't nearly as good. But they stomped our butts. In fact, they increased their lead after that backup quarterback came in because that guy practices and he's preparing like he, like, as if he's going to be put in at any moment. We did not see that from Malik Hornsby. We did not see he, – he, Malik Hornsby should be a third-string quarterback at this point. I'm not saying he can't get better. But at this point, he's not ready to play quarterback at, at a – uh, definitely at SEC level. I'd say probably not even at Division One level unless you're in a situation to where you don't have a middle linebacker who can run him down and he'll just run everywhere, right? Uh, I, I agree totally. And, and you know, and the thing is, you know, if you, if you think back to the, the the Auburn game, after after KJ misses the Mississippi State game, we get our butts kicked. KJ came back in that Auburn game and we just absolutely demoralized Auburn. And, and I'm just wondering if they're if, if the players when they see KJ come out on the field, does does that make their heart grow? No. You know, does that make them like, well, we we can put forth mass, maximum effort now because now we got a chance. It's almost like the offense didn't even think they had a chance without KJ. And you know, and we you know we were well, our you, you could our, all American, our preseason All American right tackle Dalton Wagner too, and so you know you have a you have a captain. In KJ, and uh, you know, probably in, in most people's offensive line, that's not out there. You go to the huddle, yeah, man, man, it's cold. I don't feel like being out here. I'm disheartened because KJ's not playing. They're not going to say that out loud, but it's pretty obviously their their actions showed on the field. And well, and, and, and why I'm saying all that, Big Mo, is, is, is looking at this old Miss game. I don't want to be having to put our bowl season on the line going to Missouri try to get a bowl game. No. I don't. Get, be be I, prepared I, I for that do. because... You I, know. I, I would love to see us beat all this this weekend, and I'm not saying we can't. I mean, because I, I'm inspired by the defense. I want to see if they were just playing that hard against LSU or if they if they finally jilled, so to speak. And, yeah. And I, I think it's, it's going to... And it's going to be a cold night. I, I feel sorry for any fan that's going to this game Saturday night. It, it's going to be cold. Uh, probably one of the coldest uh, November nights in in a long time in Arkansas. And, uh, I, I mean, I just hope they go and see a good product because it's another game that you, you've already listed and, you, you know, you got to win these games. And Ole Miss is one of those games, and it's still out there for us to go get but it's not going to be given to us. We, we can't go out there and, and, and play patty cake. we got to go out there and play football. Put our big boy pants on, find you some heart, and go out there yeah. and, and play the game like like the Arkansas Razorbacks are supposed to. And yeah. and we can't. Now, will yeah. we? I, I don't know. I, I want to make a prediction and say, yeah, we're, we're going to beat them and this is the score. I don't have that this week. I don't. I, I just. I, I don't have it in me. Now, if you put if you put put me to the to the. Uh, well, I, ha- I have to say, last week, I, if I'm right, you predicted we were going to score 36 points. Man, uh, and uh, I definitely wouldn't have shot that high if I'd have known that that moment that KJ wasn't playing. Yeah. Uh, definitely. 
know, that we would have to because our defense wasn't going to show up. And uh, now it's going to be even colder night. You know, I, I will throw out a prediction. Since you since you bet my arm, I, I'm going to say we went about a field goal this weekend. I'm going to say Cam Little gets us a win, and I'm going to say it's 20-17. to 17. Because I don't think that game's going to get out of the 20s. I think it's going to be a cold, miserable defensive night again. I'm about as down as I, I mean I'm not I'm not predicting any wins or I mean that obviously I, <laughs> I hope we do but um I, I last week was was a rough one for me it was it was rough because I had well, and, you know and I don't want to a lot of ways but I don't want to hit the sore spots you know but you you tend to always bring up our, our other our other team out here yeah. that we both have a love for and uh, I only have a score. Yeah, that's 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 the one the heart, that I. I don't know the heartbreak of the game, so uh, I, I won't I won't hit on that too hard because uh, it, yeah. it just. NC the, State for for those for those of you who you don't can't read between what uh, Jackson is trying to say here. NC State, who was seven and two, lost at home to two and seven Boston College last week. And not, neither one of them. And I watched that entire game, and I am still in shock at how we could have possibly lost that. It was just such an incredible, um, I won't even go into the details, but it, it was uh, much more unforgivable than, than Arkansas's loss. Wow. Uh, because, I mean, anyway, it, it was I mean, terrible. Just, aside from the two of us, you know, really nobody gave Arkansas a chance. We, we, we both no. uh, were pretty adamant that NC State's not losing to Boston College. And that's one thing that is not lost in college football, Big Mo, and we can both testify to, is you don't know what's going to happen any given Saturday when you go out there, when you sit down to watch, when you have all your snacks and your 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 sodas or whatever you're drinking on. You don't ever know what's going to happen on that TV screen in college football. And I was shocked when I seen the score. I really was. I was, I was like, man. And it's got to be disappointing, but, you know, like you said, and I'll I'll quote you, what a great season that NC State has turned it into without their all-world being quarterback. And Uh, that's that's a tough pill to swallow. I know. I mean, mean, we just got done beating Wake Forest. It just goes to show how (laughs) huge those letdown games are. You know, we, we, we rolled off some good wins. And then we came up against a team who we were supposed to beat, just like LSU did. They were, were so ripe for the upset. And um, it, it was just clear we weren't we weren't capable of, of putting together any type of offense. They were NC State's liberty. Hey, let's just roll the ball out there. We're going to go out here. We're going to win, and we're going to look forward to next week. And it just didn't happen that way. Well, it, it wasn't. We, we were we led the whole game. We were in control the whole game, and then at the end, kind of just screwed everything up, in which we just kept uh, 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 un, un, unable to get just this these basic first downs we needed to. Kept giving them opportunities. Kept stopping them, and then finally at the end of the game, we we were six points ahead. They had one more opportunity, and through a myriad of penalties and mistakes, allowed them to drive. 
eighty yards for a for a, for the score and win oh, by one point. You know, and it, it, it the game up until the last play of the game, it never really seemed like it was in doubt that we were going to win. It's just you're shocked we're only leading by six points. Um, but because we never felt any urgency, you know, we, we just we, we just assumed that they were going to lay down and, and not even try. And, you know, at, at the end, they, they put together a heck of a drive and ended up winning the game. And, you know, and, and like I said, Big Mo, I don't I don't rub salt in, in, in your wounds, man, because I, I, I love the wolf pack, too. And so so to bounce away from that. And, I, and I'm not I'm not gonna be, beat a man like down about the you know our our NFL teams are still abysmal, but I just want to point out that the Buccaneers are starting to string together some wins, and there's a certain quarterback on that team that even though I even wanted to can't count him out. You know I'm just yeah I'm not saying we're gonna win the Super Bowl or anything crazy enough like that, but. You know, we went to Germany and won. We we finally got the Ram curse off of us. I'm just saying, the the Buccaneers are stringing together some wins. Do you, do you, do you have any any thoughts about that? And they're playing. I, really I'll good say that what Tom Brady really and Aaron Rodgers, yes, what Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers did this past week is a perfect example of what we have not seen from the Arkansas Razorbacks, and that's basically leadership and heart getting the job done against the odds. There's right. no way that Tampa Bay, I hate to say it, but should have beat Seattle. Seattle is that good this year. They're a I very agree. good team. I, I agree totally. I and was, Tampa I was Bay was, was in a, you know, they, they, they were sitting real low and in a huge slump. And the same thing with the Green, I hate to say it, the Green Bay Packers against the Cowboys, oh, they man. really shouldn't have been in that game either. You talk but they about both a, won. a total debacle. I mean, uh, that was just, uh, I, I'm just glad I'm not a Cowboys fan when things like that happen because uh, those are things that make you break your television remote and uh, you know throw things across the house and like what in the world's going on? And, uh, you know, I, I, all I have is a score on the Tampa Bay game because you know by the time we wake up here, the game's been over for hours and all you I have know. is the score. Now, that one so, was actually in Germany. Yeah. And, you know, which I didn't know going into that game, Tom Brady has, has not lost an international game. Uh, that was his fourth one. He's, he's never lost one. So, uh, you know, so, you know, it, it's, it's a great – I think we say this on every podcast, or I do. It, it's, a, it's just a great time of the year for sports. And, it is. Uh, it is. And you don't want to discuss it. I know our Arkansas Razorbacks and NC State, they kicked off the college basketball season. And, uh Arkansas is fixing to travel to Maui next week, and uh, yeah. but we don't have to discuss that because we still have football to talk about. But uh, just keep it in the back of your mind, folks. If you run out of things to, to, to watch or listen to, the the Hogs are playing basketball, so just keep that in mind. And, uh, well, one thing I'm always looking forward to: my favorite week of the college football season is always Thanksgiving week, because traditionally. That was where your rivalry games were, and traditionally, the Arkansas game was Arkansas LSU game was always played the day after Thanksgiving. And one of the only games on TV that day. Yeah, it was always on CBS. Always on CBS. I had to watch this one on ESPN. Now it's Missouri, which I don't. 
I'll never understand, Big Mo, how that's all all of a sudden a rivalry meme. Uh, yeah. I'll never get it. Well, I'll be honest, it's it's become one because it it does it makes it upsets me every time I think about it. Uh, Missouri beatings, <laughs> it does. Well, so uh, it's become I, more of a rivalry. I'm hoping that we can string a couple together. You know, you know, with, you know that's next week. It's, it's the same type of rivalry you feel every time you walk out in the morning. That armadillo's been back in your flower bed, and you're going and you're going to get that sucker this time. You know, that's what we. That's why I feel against Missouri. You know, that's that the dog, that doggone armadillo's been back in our flower bed again. That's, that's a great, that's a great <laughs> analogy, and, and you know, and I, I would, you know, I would like, you know, you know, you see man versus food, you see all these. You know, this one versus that one. I would love to see a, a nasty, rooting, ugly Razorback go up against Armadillo. I mean, the Armadillo yeah. doesn't have a, a, a prayer, you know. And, <laughs> and, and I, I'm really hoping that that's what happens, you know, on, on Thanksgiving week. Uh, but, 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 man, what a, what a joy to be able to talk sports. Uh, and, you know, and, and to be able to, be able to do it with a a, a, a friend and, and a, a, a sports uh, guru and fanatic like yourself. It's just a, a joy, and I look to it, I look forward to it every week. Well, I, I, totally I totally agree, agree with you, Jackson. Jackson. I mean, you know, it's it's such a beautiful time of year, and you know, even when things aren't going your way, and, and believe me, this this last week they definitely didn't. Uh, you know, we got to count our blessings. It's it's beautiful after all we've been through in the pandemic to even have football and uh, have people back in the stands, players playing. It's a lot more positive than negative, so um, definitely got to keep that in mind. Uh, well, uh, our, our listeners and people out there, we, we have some good news for you. We've, we've missed a couple weeks here in the fall, and uh, we're about to make it up for you. We're going to do a bonus episode today, which will... Uh, show up on the podcast as uh, is episode seven. I'm sorry, episode eight A. Excuse me, this is episode eight A, episode eight B. So for those of you who want to hear our thoughts on other games around the league, the college football in particular, uh, we're fixing to run those down, and I'm going to have your favorite score expert, Action Jackson, give you some predictions because. We are getting to the point of the year where things are really getting good. Teams are jockeying for bowl positions, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna bring all that to you in a brand new episode. Uh, but sign on for this one. This is Big Mo and Action Jackson, and uh, we will hit you up shortly on the on the. Hey man, to that.